Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today it's how to paint your house. Kate Gaynor is owner and MD of Carlo Paint Hub. Kate, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. And just to, you know, to let people know you don't just sell paint, like you're qualified in paint. Yes. Tell us about your qualifications. Well, I'm a paint inspector by trade, but really it's the fact that I'm in it my whole life. It's multi generational. No, what is a paint inspector? They would test the paint going on important structures, so like gantries on the M50, bridges, things that you don't want the paint failing on, essentially. Right, OK. Yeah, so and that's, how, how do you do that? You'd have loads of test equipment. So you'd be testing the, the blast profile, you'd be testing even the conditions when they're applying it. So you test the humidity that day, the surface cleanliness of the item being cleaned. Are they using the right tip size on the gun? So that's the traditional family business I was in, right. industrial paint. Okay, yeah. And then we went into decorative just before right. COVID. Uh, and you're, <clears throat> it's just that you got your qualification from the British Institute of Corrosion. I did. Their nights out must be great fun. <clears throat> I was the, the only... Whoever I, books the Christmas party must have a, lot, a long time saying having the phone slammed down. And I think I'm the only... I was the only female, the first female. I did a, a second level with them. I think I'm the only female still that went through it. Right. And it okay. was a little bit of a snore fest, but I enjoyed it. I, yeah. There's plenty of whack to paint <laughs> off me now, Sean. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. Right. Yeah. So, okay. If you're going to, if you're going to even paint a room in your house or multiple rooms in your house, mm. what's the first thing you should do? Because I suppose a lot of people, the first thing they'll do is, you know, they'll sit and start looking at colour charts. But mm. your argument is, don't even think about the colour of the paint yet. No. So you'd want to look at what's in the room essentially first. People make the mistake of picking the colour in isolation to the room, pick a colour they like. Look at what's staying in the room. So if you've got a couch or a bed or your furniture, like you might look online and think, oh, that woman's sitting room is lovely. Might be a nice silvery light grey, but her flooring might be a nice cream or a muted white tile and you might have warm orange pine flooring. Mm. So that will jar completely with the purpley silvery grey. So you have to look at what's in the room. And is it also a factor how big your room is, how high the ceiling is, what direction it's facing? A little bit, yeah. The direction, definitely. If it's north-facing or west-facing, you, you, you use a different tack. But the the size isn't so concerning. There's a big misconception over the years of people going with whites to lighten and enlarge a room. And it doesn't. Like, the same, a dark can have the same effect. If you use a dark colour in a room, it can... It can block out the edges of the room. It can blur the edges of the room if you lose a lovely dark colour all over. And it can give this illusion of greater space. So dark can do the same thing as light. Oh, so, yeah. It, yeah, and but, it, but if it is a north-facing or west-facing room... Warmth. Yeah. Introducing warmth. If you go with white, it would be worse than going dark. White is a very sterile colour. Light interacts with white in a very static way whereas light inter, is absorbed more by the darker colours and there's just a little bit more mystery to it but if it's a north facing room the coolness is the number one issue so you'd go with a warm colour so maybe a basis of maybe brown or green doesn't sound nice but like a top a mm. really rich warm top would be beautiful in a north facing room as opposed to a white Yeah we're talking about a paint that has a touch of brown to it rather yeah. than it's yeah. you know yeah. it looks like Dirty brown. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like mud or something yeah. else. Uh, I would think. Now, okay, so you, you're gonna you, you've decided on your color. Yes. Now there seems to be a bogglingly huge range of different sorts of matte paints and satin paints. Yeah. Now, some people listening might think they're all the feckin' same. They're There's not. Put different names on them. No, they're no, not. They're completely right. different. Okay. Resin is the thing you're paying for. If you look at a tree and look at the tree sap, that's sticky resin. That's what you're paying for. And a lot of the really dirt cheap cans, you'll know them. 
They're just water and chalk. Just think of talcum powder and filler. How do you make it cheap? As little resin as possible. Not a great quality resin. Loads of chalks and fillers and Chinese clays. Stir it up and you're getting a bucket of talcum water. You know when you rub a wall in a house and it's on your hand yeah. or you try to wipe a wall and it comes away? That's because it's chalk and water. It's the resin you're paying for. The more resin in the can, the more scrubbable and durable. So there's a classification of scrubbability. Number one, entry level is nothing. Don't touch it. Number two is wipeable. Number The next one up is washable and then the top uh, scrub grade is scrubbable. So like a lot of good paints are scrubbable. You mightn't be scrubbing your walls, but mm. if you get the cheaper ones, they don't look good after a very short amount of time. So it's not eco. You're going to have to buy more paint, put it on again. So upgrading your paint quality just a little notch means it will look fresher and cleaner for a lot longer. Yeah. So and will it say, does it say, is that a classification, an actual it classification is, yeah, yeah, system? Yes. Yeah, class one is your top grade scrubbable. Class two is washable, not so scrubbable. Class three and down the way to mentioning nothing about it on the can. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, so would it be like the kind of own brand kind of paints might be the ones to avoid? Some of them are good enough as well. Usually the price, there's a sweet spot right in the middle. There's a lot of premium designer paints that are not worth it. You look at them and they come off the wall. So those really expensive designer ones, I wouldn't really fuss with. Really? And the really cheap ones, I wouldn't. There's a sweet spot in the middle. There's a lot of good paints that are in that medium bracket. Right. Just okay. don't go too cheap and you should be okay. Yeah. So, but, but would most paints be washable to some degree or another? No, quite a lot of them are not washable. No, you get a cloth and you give them a bit of a scrub and it's coming off. So we would, we the shop in Carlo, we'd steer people along to a more scrubbable set, especially if you have kids. Like I see my children beating dinkies off the wall. Yeah. You know, might be my parenting I need to up my game on, but I, <laughs> I upped my paint instead. Well, you can hang around for the next bit. We can, yeah. we, uh, we might get some advice on that. Now, thing I did not know yeah. at all, the heat of the, or the temperature of the paint yeah. is important. No one knows that one. That's a good one. You bring, it's like your ketchup, like you shake it. A lot of paint is thixotropic, so a little bit more stagnant and it's a little bit thicker. Like your ketchup, give it a shake and heat it up and it flows out a lot better. Maybe makes loads of sense. You bring in cold paint from the garage. It's been stagnating there. If you stir it, it does a little bit. But paint is at its absolute optimum when it's heated up. It just flows out like silk. So why not? Leave it in the hot press the night before. Give it a good stir. On you go. Makes a big bit. Especially painting woodwork like your kitchen cabinets or your front door. Less important with emulsions, but it helps. Mm. So, but, OK, but say, say if you're painting wall, you'd still need to uh, to do that for those kind of mad like, paints. If you bring it in, like it'll be OK. It just won't give you the same. Fi- it gives the better finish warm, but it's especially critical if you're doing your kitchen cabinets or furniture, woodwork or your right. door. Yeah, okay. cold is not oh, great. Okay. Would you have to stir it anyway? Or, or Absolutely, yeah. You get yeah. a little bit of settlement, even sitting at the shops. You, you have to stir it anyway. Give it a good stir. Or if you're near your paint, paint shop like get them to throw in their spinner mm. if we're doing trials on paint we'll always put in the spinner get it up to 18 or 19 degrees and it flows out like silk and then people are very impressed with us right so <laughs> now the, the, when you start the process and the, there's a complicated thing about taping everything up and all that yeah. kind of stuff which is, is it that complicated no and you don't even need to tape it up depends on how shaky the old hand is get a good cutting in brush you don't need to pay a fortune 10 12 euro it gets you a really good one and then just, it's like riding a bike. The faster you go, the more effective it is. Slow is, is difficult, but don't go straight in for the kill. Don't start on the wall and go straight in for the ceiling. Gonna get a bit of a run for it and then tuck in by the ceiling and cut in. It's a lot, painters as well, they're all very different. A lot will just cut in with a good brush and a lot will mask up. But masking is pretty painful. I yeah. usually like to cut in with a brush. If you make a mistake, then get your white ceiling paint, touch it in afterwards. Or better still, don't paint your ceiling white the highlighting colour you know all you see is the ceiling if you're doing a neutral up and over forget the white 
Oh, just have the whole room absolutely, the same colour. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. Even if it's a darker colour, mm. up and over, it's fantastic. Mm. Again, blurring the edges of the room actually enlarges the space, mm. creates an illusion of, of greater space. So no matter what the colour, I'm a big fan of up and over, especially a neutral. Now, the, should you use a brush then for the entire room or really should you be going with a roller? I go for a roller for practically everything, even mm. for the edging. You, you might need a brush for the little corner, but a, a roller for everything. You'll get a superior finish, really. You, you can get brush strokes easily if you're a novice yeah, with your brushes, yeah. but not with the good brushes, like a soft synthetic. Zebra's a range of brushes is very good. It's cruelty free because some brushes are made from hogs hairs. There's a lot of cruel ones out ah. there. So a soft synthetic like the zebra range, they're like 12 euro-ish. That's the kind of one you want to go with and you won't get your brush strokes. When people are buying paint, they'll say, you're devil for upselling. And I'd say, no, you're going to go home and use a crappy brush from your shed. I know it. And they'll take out a brush that's scabby looking and you have to invest that extra 10 euro to get a good brush. That's the roller. thing. I found that myself that, you know, you can be brush and obviously I'm buying cheap brushes. Yeah, I'll that, that, you now, yeah, yeah, you use yeah. a brush and then you find, you see hairs everywhere and they have to go and get a tweezers and pick them out. Divorce. It's not worth it. A brush and roller. It's the extra. The rollers are the same. It's about eight euro for an absolute top quality roller. And there's loads of rollers. There's these foam rollers that they lay off the tiniest amount of paint. You have to put on ten coats. And people think it's them. The tools are hugely important. Mm. First of all, the paint, because the paint is what you'll have for life for however long you leave it on. The tools are only for that day. But they can cripple you. You know, they can give you a terrible finish. All the work you've put in. So get your brushes and rollers. You don't need to pay. There's 25 euro brushes. There's 25 euro rollers. In around the tenor is, there's a, again, a sweet spot. Right. Don't go for the cheap ones. You're losing hair. You're losing bristles. That's painful. You'll just end up fighting with your wife or your yeah. husband. The, the, with the, the roller, though, Yes. Uh, how do you avoid like because sometimes you see people do that like they go at it and then it sprays all over them as well as uh, yeah the again wall. a good dense roller will hold more paint and this don't press it as well a lot of people and I used to do it too you'd be white knuckled holding the roller frame pushing it onto the wall <laughs> and it's like a sponge so it's it's if you push it it's soaking up more than it's laying off so just hold it very lightly and keep loading up your paint a big problem is not enough paint and you see striping and the colour below grinning through so load up the paint lay off the excess on the grid so use a tray load up in the trough of the paint Lay off the excess on the grid yeah. and then on you go onto the wall. Yeah. Right. There, uh, it's a few questions already. Uh, I'm getting the keys to my next build, uh, my new build next month. Uh, I'm on a budget, so I'll be painting the house myself. It'll be the first thing I do before I get the floors laid. What advice would your guest have for me? The walls will come with a basic layer of builder's white paint on the walls. That's disappointing. <laughs> it's good, it's good, to, good to start yourself. A lot, of, a lot of the time people thin out the top coat, they get a mat, they thin it out with water and it's just, it's not effective. And there's so many self-built houses and you see they put up a poster for Christmas, they take it off and there's the pink plaster back when you take off the sellotape. So you have to use a primer, like a, a good primer. They're very cheap. They're cheaper than buying a top coat and thinning it out. And a primer... It's called the finest of grind. All the ingredients in the primer are very fine. So they'll soak into your plaster and grip on it, anchor in. Mm. Whereas if you just thin down the top, but it just sits on the plaster. And when you pull off a bit of sellotape and you pull off the paint, you'll see the fresh pink. You yeah. shouldn't see that pink ever again. That should have been dyed with the first coat. So anyway, he's you've missed that stage. So <laughs> I just get her. I know the budget is gone, but also if you're repainting the whole house again. So I just pick a nice neutral that you're happy with and get it in 10 litre buckets. That'll be the most cost effective way pick a nice warm neutral but I wouldn't go too cheap. Yeah. Something middle like Ticarilla is a good Nordic brand you're going to pay around 130 maybe a, a 10 litre drum but it goes a long way I'd get something decent. What does your guest think about VOCs in paint? Are the eco-friendly ones as, as good quality? 
Absolutely. Like, so VOCs is your volatile organic compounds. It's basically the emissions from the paint, the toxins that come into the air. And right, it's important yeah. if you've got kids, someone with breathing issues, allergies, asthma, whatever, I'd be looking for a water-based VOC-free paint. There's no point using oil-based paints in this day and age. There's very few projects they're necessary for. Uh, check it out with your local paint shop, but water-based all the way. The, your oil-based paints have lots of VOCs and they're emitting that solvent-based smell Smell dies down on day two, but they're still leaching emissions into your air. Oh, really? Yeah, for yeah. months. Oh, God. For months. So don't get cheap, toxic paint. Get, and you don't have to pay a fortune for big eco paints either. Most paints these days are VOC free. Look for it on the label. Uh, Larry says, can you ask the paint lady, that's you now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about those paint pad yokes? You see them on QVC or JML Direct or whatever. They seem good, but I'm a sucker. They're fairly desperate. They're fair- <laughs> I won't lie to you now, Sean. They're fairly desperate. Yeah, no. They take off as much paint as they put on those videos. Really? We yeah. shared on our Instagram stories we found from China during the week. It was hilarious. And there was a big hole in the wall and she painted it and the hole was gone. The videos are just gimmicky too. Like, no, they're not great, no. Yeah. A microfiber roller. Done. Yes. Uh, I have to agree we painted our ceiling the same as the walls teal in the lounge and top in the hall and, and landing it looks fab and it's so much quicker uh, yeah, uh, can you now because uh, you did mention uh, kitchen cabinets and the like can you spray paint gloss kitchen cabinets absolutely yeah you can there's loads of fabulous kitchen cabinet paint brands out there and then you choose if you want a matte satin or gloss finish and you can brush it on roll it on or spray it on and you can pay someone to do it for you too now, it, it, does that just require one coat? No, no, you'll never get away with one coat in your kitchen. <laughs> Doing your kitchen yourself is a big job. It yeah, is a big yeah. job. To be honest, the biggest part is the washing and cleaning. Like 92 to 94% of paint failures is inadequate surface preparation. So painting onto a dirty surface, essentially. So in your kitchen, you've got oils and greases that are mm. airborne and like washing it is a big, big part of it and taking off the doors. Um, I treat yourself to a professional if you can, but a lot of people doing it themselves. The amount of Irish women during COVID that got sick of their husbands saying they're getting a new kitchen and they just painted it. Amount of, I'd say it was 99 to 1 women to men painting their kitchens in COVID. Yeah, but it's considerably cheaper than getting a new kitchen and it looks like a new kitchen once you've done it. Absolutely, like a brand new kitchen. If you have a rich orangey, browny, pine kitchen, your your colour scheme for that room is orangey brown. You can't go for light silvery greys and all the modern colours that are in. So when you paint it and people go white or even teals, oh, it's... And you can paint your countertop as well now. New products in from the States and you literally roll on. It's beyond paint, it's called. No priming, no sanding. Roll on your two coats. Put in a fleck if you want. And imagine if you have those cheap black countertops and now it's white. Magnificent. Yeah, really nice. Right, but we're talking kind of like the the PVC type countertops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have a nice big... Well, mine's a stone one. It's yellow. It's a yellowy quartzy colour. So I'll be doing mine also. It's not always we've had a few people doing marble. It doesn't matter what the substrate is. If it's there for years and you don't like the colour, it's impacting your scheme for the room. Paint it up. You know, you, you'll never look back. And and that would be one paint for the for the counter, or one coat for the countertop. Do you do a second coat? Yeah. Yeah, two yeah. coats. You're mad for the one coat, Sean. Don't be cutting oh, corners on me now. Oh, no, I'm not mad for now. the one coat. Because I, I don't want people complaining afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the, if you're doing the kitchen cabinet doors, yeah. now say you, you, you're, you're proficient enough to take them off, you give yes. them a massive scrub. Love it. Then what you have to put on them, uh, um, how many coats do you have to put on it? Typically you're talking one primer, two top coat. And yeah. we'd say tint your primer to the same colour as the top coat. So you're not putting on like a white primer and then a dark navy top coat. So get the primer tinted into the matching colour 
and on you go. Your primer will vary depending on the cabinet type. So if it's an Ikea type kitchen, high gloss, very smooth, mm. PVC, laminate, that's going to be, an it's called an adhesion primer. Otex is a particularly good one. It's out in loads of Irish shops and it's a gripping primer. So sticks to tile splashbacks, PVC, high gloss Ikea units. But then if it's a, like a pine, you, you need a not blocking agent, so it'll be a wood primer. So just check with your local painter if you're painting your kitchen. Tell them what type, they'll give you the primer. And then it's your choice for the top coat. Yeah. It won't matter what top coat it is. Actually, no, I did say take the drawers off, but like, I would imagine that's crucial to take the drawers off because drips and all the rest of a it. A lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. A lot of DIYers don't, but it, it's, it would be a much better job. And you're, you're not going to have issues with sagging and dripping and running. So it's mm. a little bit more dangerous leaving them on, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Mm. Crikey. That's confidence. <laughs> uh, the, uh, we're looking for industrial paint for a workshop. Any advice, says David? Well, if it's a floor, two-pack epoxy. Uh, epoxies are the toughest paint paints in the world. It's two-pack, so it chemically cures. It's not reversible. You can spill solvents, hydraulic fluid, oil, diesel. So if it's a floor, two-pack epoxy. If it's steelwork, probably two-pack epoxy as well. <laughs> Love yes. a two-pack epoxy. <laughs> uh, the, uh, could your uh, guest please advise painting outside the house on new plaster? Very same as inside. A purpose-built primer. It'll be a finer grind. When people say just water down the top coat, it's the same as putting water into a glass full of sand. The particle size of the sand is very same. It's just a looser mix. Mm. So don't water down the top coat. If you haven't painted it before, you've got one chance to do it right. For the next hundred years, you're paint- who goes back to the bare bones? Nobody. Forever and a day you're painting over this base. You have one chance to get a good base on there. So a purpose-built primer and then your top coat. Right, because there are, again, lots of kind of, you know, uh, weatherproof exterior paints. Would they have a primer in them already or no. you still need to do that separately? purpose-built primer. Yeah. Because when you tint the top coats, the pigment size is even too large for what you want. You want it to be so loose, so fine that it soaks in and grips onto the substrate below. And then use a good, like, silicone-based, let's say silicone-based top coats are good um, repelling the moisture. Make mm. sure it's breathable. So you want to be breathable so the moisture can come out but seal on the outside. So silicone-based ones are usually very good. Uh, Kevin in Limerick says, I'm listening to all your conversation intently. I'll pass on all of these hints to my wife when she's <laughs> painting the house for Christmas. And uh, somebody else says, uh, did you just go from porn home to paint hub? What a segue. <laughs> oh, Lord. Caroline Kate, set me up. <laughs> Kate, thanks a million for coming into us today. That was Kate Gaynor there, uh, director of Carlo Paint Hub. Kate, thanks a million. Uh, Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.